With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. WWE Developmental NXT. Welcome everybody to W2M Wrestling to the Max's episode of NXT Review. That's right everybody, this is a Wednesday, January 25th, 2017 edition. And we are here to get you all pumped up and ready for NXT San Antonio with this episode. It's kind of a lead-off show to that big event, so it's going to be kind of fun. The go-home, as they call it usually. Uh, so we are here, and of course, we are here by way of W2Mnet.com. That's right. If you haven't checked it out, go do that now. Lots of great reviews and written columns that you're not going to want to miss. Lots of great content on the website. Also, W2M Network, don't forget about it. If you haven't subscribed, go subscribe today. Now, let's talk some NXT, Paul. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. They open uh, They open up the show here as I'm stuck in the middle of doing something else right now. Um, oh, it's okay. They open up with Ember Moon taking on Liv Morgan, uh, and it's it's a quick little four-minute match. I think Liv gets in a, a good amount here to sort of show that she's in that, you know, that little middle ground that you're sort of building in the hierarchy of the, of the women's division now, but of course Ember Moon is the growing star here and the uh, the seeming heir apparent to whenever uh, Asuka leaves and ends up putting her way with the Eclipse. I, I enjoyed this, though. I thought this was good, and I think Liv Morgan is, is starting to show those signs of very quick improvement. Yeah, and by the way, people, I am so sorry if you've you know maybe the first time you listened to this NXT review. Uh, I did you know kind of forget the whole I'm Gary Vaughn, and also with me, Mr. Paul Leiser. Uh, I just I'm so used to our regular listeners. Uh, I don't ever throw that out there. I'm just like, let's get started. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my bad as a hosting. But anyway, you're you're exactly right. And, and you know, Liv Morgan is doing you know great for you know where she's come from. I'll say that. You know, when I first saw her, she was introduced to NXT television. I wasn't completely sold. In fact, I was kind of thinking this is probably someone we're going to see off and on, probably being jobbed out on NXT. But no, actually doing better, and you're seeing her kind of grow before your eyes. Amber Moon, um, I think, is doing exactly what a lot of the people that knew who she was before she got to NXT was going to do, right? I mean, uh, she's got great talent. She's exciting. And, and so the, the win here isn't a surprise. So I like it. I also like the fact that they kind of shake hands here. 
and kind of show that this isn't about malice towards each other. It's about competition. And yeah. at the end of the day, that's kind of what it's about. Yeah, and they've been buddies in the past, of course, having to deal with the uh, the big pairing up of Billy Kay and, and Peyton Royce, uh, who who have sort of taken over the, the heel side of things here. But uh, I think they... They do a good job of that, and uh, I, I mean, I think it's really worth talking about how much Liv has improved, because she was super green, and I don't know if anybody ever had any high expectations for her, but she's she's somebody who we've said several times really leaps off the screen at you, and sort of, I don't want to say is in your face with it, but she, she has a, a very good grasp of her character, and, and the wrestling side of it, she's, uh, she's sort of got that natural athlete thing that Alexa had going for her, where... You know, it was going to take her a little while to get the in-ring stuff down, but uh, when she does, much like Alexa, it's going to be something worth watching. Uh, yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from and agree. And, you know, I think the the biggest kick in the, the groin for her, too, was the fact that she also had to have the character she was using and, at the same point, starting out with Carmella on the same roster. Mm-hmm. And, and Carmella kind of had a similar style not completely the same thing but a similar you know kind of flashy kind of you know doing that whole you know i don't want to say straight out of the bronx or anything but the whole you know cat backwards and all that kind of stuff kind of fits the similar the fabulous thing that we saw with carmella so i'm glad carmella's moved on and now Liv tyler can be the sole person with that kind of styled gimmick just moving forward and, you know, like you're saying, leaps and bounds from where she was. And I think, you know, even further down the line, we're going to see even more stuff and even better. And, you know, I think you, you mentioned Alexa Bliss, the same thing. I mean, you, you had to see her grow as well. So mm-hmm. I think she's on the right track. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, so we move on there uh, from there. Cien Almas, uh, or Andrade Cien Almas, if you will. Cuts, he gets promo time talking about Roddy, who he's got a match with this Saturday at TakeOver. Uh, strong arrive, pretty much told them, you know, you're okay, man, but uh, this Saturday, your ass is mine, pretty much. Uh, then we get a hype package for the Office of Pain and DIY at uh, this uh, this Saturday for the tag team titles, which should be pretty good. And then uh, we get to watch No Way Jose pretty much squash Kona Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> and you kind of put this all in a tight little package here, and honestly, you can do that because all this is just to... Move us along, right? And none of this is super spectacular for us to really, you know, dive into. I, I want to say with Almas and, you know, the situation with Roderick Strong, I did like it for the fact that, you know, sometimes I feel like Almas is in that whole, I, I almost want to say purgatory. Um, because you just don't see, you, you see the talent, so much talent. But when it comes to charisma and stuff, I'm still not sold with the guy. I just don't. You know, I just don't get it from him. I think with this, it helps. I definitely think it gives you more motivation to care, either to hate him or to love him, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of helped me along with being like, okay, now I can understand this guy has some passion. He has something there. It's not just this guy that comes out and just, you know, does what he does and he's done at the end of the day. I like this. And I also, that was funny, you know. Does every guy that can speak Spanish, you know, and, and faces somebody, they always have to use pay, perro. Like they call everybody a dog. <laughs> I, uh, I I have to think it's because they're they have to be wary 
of uh, there might be a Spanish audience out there, and it's still PG, so you can't cuss at them, right? So <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, you're you're right. I just thought that there'd be other slang that they could use. It's PG, but I don't. Maybe I, I don't know Spanish. Sean would have to help me out on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think this does help almost. And, and Roderick Strong, you know, he's not exactly Mr. Charisma himself, but that's not really what this is about. It was more to me about Almas and all that. And it kind of gives you a reason to care when these two guys face off. I mean, before this, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. But now I'm kind of more into it a little bit. So there I, you I, go. I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that, I mean, I, I, I want to save a lot of that conversation that I want to have about this match for when we do the, uh, the preview for it on the, uh, on the big W2M episode we have coming up later on. But, uh, okay. I, I think it's worth mentioning that their treatment of both guys in that match is going to be very important because Andrade is still fresh off this heel turn, and we're still trying to figure out if this is going to catch fire or not or anything like that, and Roderick is still kind of new. So I, I think you really have to wonder and be very careful about how they go about doing everything with these two guys because it, if you're going to do big call-ups here, especially after WrestleMania, but if, if you're losing a couple guys here and there for the Rumble, you might want to be real careful with how you go about booking these two in that match on Saturday. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from with that, too. And, you know, uh, just to let everybody know, we are going to be doing a full preview on the episode 231 Part 2 of Wrestling to the Max. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, guys, come on, you, you got to give us predictions, well, you're going to get them just on that show. So go check that out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from. It's going to be a very important match. They just touch on it here on this episode of NXT. This is kind of a build for everything. So that's what you got out of it, and that's fine. Um, so we'll kind of save that conversation, Paul, till we get to that preview. Uh, and, and the other thing, of course, I, I think it is kind of, you know, fitting when we see No Way Jose and, you know, him just doing the squash against Reeves. It's, it is what it is, right? It, it's just yeah. a squash, but, but it's, it's also kind of funny that he also gets to kind of scare off, you know, the, the one guy that none of us want to see, right? The, the drifter. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like No Way Jose a lot. I, I don't know how well he'll work out on the main roster, but I, he works very well here in NXT just because he's a fun character, and, and the Full Sail audience really loves those kind of guys. So maybe you learn something from the Adam Rose experiment and keep him around here, uh, especially if you want to turn NXT into the, sort of that touring brand thing uh, much more than what you're doing now. He could be mm-hmm. really useful to keep around and maybe not promote, but... I, I, Kona Reeves is still super rough here. Like, there's not a lot to get real excited about as far as what you're seeing from him now. And of course, I could change, but I uh, did, he didn't bring a lot to the table for me. No, I, I think you know, especially when you get to these episodes where you're right before the big pay-per-view show or whatever for NXT. They kind of bring out some of those guys who are still trying to get through some things. It's like really green guys that way. They'll at least get an opportunity to be on TV, but also the, the guys that are not really honestly wanting to take a risk and get injured. Mm-hmm. They put these guys out just to squash the heck out of them so they can just, hey, we did a show for you, you know, move on. <laughs> That's right. kind of the way I feel sometimes. So it is what it is and you know later on we'll probably get Reeves in a more serious role but right now that's not his role so yeah and after that yeah we have what you just mentioned the drifter coming out and singing his little song and Jose telling him it pretty much sucked uh and that that should be a pretty easy feud because if anybody's going to get heat on the drifter 
I think it's going to be Noah Jose. And uh, I just, I'm still not a fan of all this. It's not working. It's, uh, I mean, you might have to go back to the drawing board for this guy or let him go. Exactly. Uh, to my feeling is if the NXT crowd, the full sell crowd, they, they just can't handle it. If they just can't stand this guy, sure, you could say, oh, that's great heel reaction. No, I don't think that's the kind of reaction they're giving you. I think that it's the kind of reaction of, we don't want to see this guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's definitely reaction. go away heat. Yes, exactly, go away heat. And, and, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, they will have to revisit it unless they really do want to get rid of him. I hope that's not the case. I hope they, for some reason, they had to bring him aboard, right? For some reason, he's made NXT television. That's the way I look at it. If he's made NXT television, they had a plan for him. Now, it may not have worked, so you go back to the drawing board. And, and you know, so I, I, I hope that's what they I just hate to see guys get cut just because one thing doesn't work out. Let's retool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to at least try if you signed them. So. Uh, and and this, this next part of the show, we get into big sanity bits here. So we have EY squashing Chris, uh, Chris Atkins. Doesn't really go all that long. You have a lot of sanity shenanigans that get involved to allow EY to win. Uh, and then after the match, uh, EY tells Dillinger that he pretty much made the wrong choice in not joining him. Uh, and then Killian Dane comes in and just absolutely annihilates Atkins. And I tell you what, man, Big Damo is he's a great wrestler, and I really can't wait to see him work. But him with sanity just makes him feel super scary because he's it's EY and Nikki. Who's insane, and then you got the two giant dudes behind him now. So, if they ever do decide to jump on Sanity, turning into a group that starts trying to run things, they could—they uh, got a lot of—they got a lot of credibility to them already. I feel like just with just with the gimmick and the imposing sort of threat they have. And can I make a comment that I think could be super controversial? That kind of adds on to what you're saying mm-hmm. this is something that I, I hate to say it and i hesitate to say it because I, I love the centerpiece of this and it's been a part of nxt history but the wyatt family i think they're actually a step ahead of the wyatt family already uh, they've got two giants which you know the wyatt family had but they also have the female presence mm-hmm. which the wyatt family never had a part and I think, in a way, I've always felt like the Wyatt family having that presence could have always helped them because not only could they have came in and ruled just, you know, the tag team division, Intercontinental, whatever title they wanted, they just couldn't ever do the women's title. Uh, with Sanity, take whatever title they want. If they want to rule the entire NXT or come into the main roster, they could take as many titles as they want. They could just bleed gold. And that's exciting. And now, it's probably not ever going to happen. But my point in that is you want people to believe it could happen. And right. with Big Demo, I mean, it, oh, my God, the addition of him, it, it just makes this group terrifying. I think that they all – I mean, my God, Nikki Cross, just excellent job. It just, it just I believe it. I mean, truly believe it. It's just nuts. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so special about this group. I love them. They did a great job here once again. And it's not the first, you know, the last time we'll see on the show. But I just think this exact segment just kind of kind of pulls at your point right there, Paul. It, it man, they seem like that imposable force that you know it's just going to be hard to reckon with them. The only you know, sadly, the only knock I even have on this group, I wish the interest music could cut that whole helicopter thing and just. Start their music the way it should start. Just the music. Come on. That, it's a little long-winded. Mm-hmm. 
I um I I am a fan personally of their intro. I I could give you the the helicopter bits a little long, but uh, I think they're the thing. If you want to make the Wyatt family comparison, the Wyatts came up through NXT one before it was big, but two was but it's before the women's revolution thing sort of kicked in. So that, I don't think that was ever planned for that whole bit. I, I don't think Sanity's really a step ahead, though, because while they look scary and dominant as far as what they do in the ring, the White family still has that mysterious aura around them, no matter how many times WWE seemingly tries to torpedo it. It's still there, and you don't really have that. E- Sanity is very basic. They're, they're angry dudes, they're insane, and they like beating people up. And EY seems to have some bigger game in mind, but everybody else is just there to be scary. And, and that, I think it works perfectly for them, you know. Keep it simple, stupid is is the philosophy here. And while I like Sandy, I don't think they don't have that extra bit that makes the White family so compelling. And they could down the road. I'm not saying they can't, but that's that's what continually has kept White, I think, in the game as far as man, they really need to push this guy. Man, they really need to push this group. Man, they really need to do more with them. Mm-hmm. I get your point, and I understand that. And the only, you know, the only reason, like I said, the only reason I would ever say this is because I feel like that the female presence gives them an addition that they could dominate an entire promotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yes, they're simple. Yes, they're just scary dudes with a centerpiece. It's just you know, he, he kind of needs them more than they you know need him, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Bray Wyatt, on the other hand is the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Who he surrounds himself with becomes the Wyatt family. Right. He is the Wyatt family, though. You can never take him out, which I think, honestly, if you really ever felt like it, you could probably take Eric Young out and then replace him with somebody else, and it could still be San. I think without Bray Wyatt, of course, the last name is there, but just saying that without him, without Bray, that's not the Wyatt family. No one would ever believe it. No one ever... So I get that. I, I think that that is kind of a good thing for them, but I just love this idea uh, of a group that could come in and dominate every title. It just, mm-hmm. to me, it feels special, but I, I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's fair point too. We haven't seen anybody do that in NXT even since it's founding. So, um, th- there is that interest there of, of them dominating the whole thing and it being a very fresh story for NXT, even though it's very much played out. Uh, in TNA, for example, it's something they used to do quite often. So, aces uh, and eights, baby. Yeah, <laughs> or main event mafia, or uh, yeah, yeah, the list goes on and on back. But uh, Planet Jared, uh, if you if you've been around since 2006, but let's uh, let's move on from old school TNA talk, uh, and let's let's talk about the rest of the show here. We got uh, we get footage of TM61 uh winning against the Revival last week, and then the Revival taking him out. And then playing in uh, Shane Thorne's injury, he's had to have reconstructive knee surgery. He's going to be out for seven to nine months, which is a huge blow for him. They are a package deal, I think. And we'll see if they can do anything else for um, uh, for Mr. Miller over there. But I uh, I don't know. I mean, hopefully he can prove himself. And honestly, NXT is the place to do it. So we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what's going to go on there. Uh, we get a nice hype video for Nakamura and Rude, which is your biggest selling factor, I think, for that TakeOver show. And then we get to the main event angle here where you have um, the four-way uh, contract signing between the ladies involved in the women's title match. Uh, you start out with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay coming down and getting the mic first. And, of course, Regal opens with everybody agreed to no violence, and we all know that's crock of shit. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, the... Um, 
the bad ladies here, they get to talk about how they're going to, you know, they're going to win together no matter what, right? And then all this stuff about how their 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 pairing makes them dangerous and they're going to prove that they are the dominant force in the women's division on Saturday. Nikki Cross comes out next and I think Billy Kay and Peyton Royce do a great job. They're the sort of linchpin of this segment. They play up the fear very well because Nikki Cross comes in screaming and yelling and even frightens Regal a little bit, which is great. And um, Once Asuka is announced, she runs off Billy Kay and Peyton Royce to continue how absolutely terrifying these other two ladies are in the ring. And then you get the big standoff between Asuka and Nikki Cross, and Cross looks scary as all hell because she's yelling at Asuka and not backing down. And then they get the big brawl between those two, and here comes security, and it's this big mess, and... Man, it's it's a it's a heck of a mayhem segment, and I I think this does a great job of really selling the entire angle they've built up around all these ladies, and uh, I'm really excited for this match. I think it's going to be something worth remembering for a while, and it's really going to be that building block that you're going to put the rest of the division on for a long time. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that you know what's most intriguing about this too is you've got people saying, well, you know, Peyton and you know. Uh, Billy, they both have an opportunity to, you know, help each other. And because they're on the same page, they can play off Asuka and Nikki, you know, killing each other and just outsmart them, right? And, you know, do what they need to outsmart them and then find a way to get one of the victory. You know, whoever gets the pin, I guess they could just consider, I would assume, Billy. Um, but I think at the end of the day, though, I think it's going to be a, just a fun match because of the fact that I think even they're going to have problems together right. because of the chaos. And, and that's what something added. It's it's something that's special. It's going to bring a, a lot of extra things to the table when we're actually going to see this match. So I think that's what's really in the works. What's really building you up for this. And it's exciting. This, you know, sure it was mayhem. It was what it was, but it wasn't boring actually, you know, for, you know, a minute there, you thought one thing was going to happen and something else would happen. And then he would add to this and this and this. So it wasn't just stagnant. It it was actually kind of a fun mayhem thing. Uh, But, you know, I I think, you know, we get what we get, right? We kind of knew that it wasn't going to go very far. You were just going to have someone standing tall or no one standing tall. And at the end, it was just kind of everybody kind of beat up. So, yeah, I mean, you have the Kay and Royce at the top of the ramp selling the the insanity of the scene. uh, Pardon the pun. Because you have Nikki Cross jumping off the top rope onto Asuka and the big pile of security guards. And them just sort of trying to keep do everything they can to keep those two apart because they're both badass and ready to kick the crap out of each other and i tell you what if they, if the feud moves on because i i mean i have to think oscar is still going to retain here and the feud moves on to her and nikki cross because i think that's sort of where the money's at right now man you have yourself one heck of a match brewing right there I, I can't wait. I, I want to see that. Uh, that's that's what I'm wanting to see right now. I, I, yeah, this is gonna be fine. This, what we're talking about here, with these four involved, it'll be fun. But that is exciting. That is something that's just like, oh man, let's have that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're gonna have a great build of that. They're already doing some work with it now. But think about when it's just those two having just this giant feud. I, it's gonna be so exciting. Um, and one thing I do want to touch point on, though, is in the whole mayhem thing, and I didn't bring this up, but what do you think about the fact that both Nikki and Oscar both get to beat the crap out of a bunch of guys? 
I love that. I think it was kind of fun. You know, it's kind of like those old kung fu movies in a way. You know, they're just taking them out one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's something they've done with Nikki before where she gets to help uh, sort of do the sanity beat down even on the guys too, which it, which is great. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is maybe – I don't want to say a hint at intergender wrestling because I don't think WWE's ever going to do that. But letting them do this really does make them feel equal at times, even if it's just them scrapping up against, you know, security guards or, or picking up the pieces of a jobber. You know, they feel bigger. They feel equal, right? And mm-hmm. that's, I think that's the entire point of all this. And, and it's not like, you know, Asuka and Nikki, they're scary girls, right? They, they, Asuka's this, you know, big bad murderous machine and, you know, lethal kicks and submissions and all this stuff and really built up to the fact that there's, like, as she said, there's nobody that can take her right now. And it's, it's really hard to doubt that as far as what you got going on in the WWE. And you look at Nikki, who is uh, fresh on the scene, love, and is, I think Taylor made for the gimmick they have her in, where she's just this big ball of crazy, ready to tear you apart at any drop, you know, at the drop of the hat. And uh, I, it, this segment does a great job of highlighting everybody's gimmicks to perfection and culminating the entire problem that all four of these girls have had with each other in a, in the 10, 12 minutes that they got here in the main event segment, which I think I think that's something you don't always get. On the main rosters, you don't always have the big tie-up angle at the end going on the go-home show to the pay-per-view for the big match they're about to have. And it's something I wish they would do more often, but it's something that NXT usually does very, very well. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people prefer it over what you get on television every week. Yeah, and I I think, honestly, they're able to do a lot more things when it comes to NXT, and it really does help. And it, it gives us... I don't want to say kind of uh, an indie version of WB, but it's almost like that, that they can get away with things that they won't do on the main roster, things that they feel are below them or something they just don't feel like Vince McMahon doesn't feel like it's what he wants out of his show. So that's what's kind of cool, and maybe that's just it. I don't know why they don't do these kind of things because I think it definitely is a great ending, and it kind of helps to move you on and get you ready for that big, show right that big pay-per-view you're trying to get people to draw into um so i I don't you know like i said i'm with you i I wish they would do this more on the main roster but i have a feeling there's somebody kind of blocking that from that happening yeah i I think you're absolutely right and i'm really stoked for the show on saturday i'm going to see them live tomorrow uh, friday uh so if you're in dallas you're going to the show let me know on the facebook page we can totally like meet or whatever but I'm, I'm super stoked. I've never been in NXT Live. I'm super stoked for, for TakeOver. There's a bunch of other stuff going on in San Antonio. If you're going down there for this weekend, Evolve has two great shows with Chris Hero's last independent performances before he shows up in NXT full-time. So there's a lot to be excited for this weekend, Gary. Oh, man, you're right. And it is going to be a blast. And if you guys are like Paul and get that opportunity to do it, I'm so happy for you. I'm jealous. I'm telling you, I'm jealous of Paul and I'm jealous of everyone going to San Antonio. I wish I had spent the money. I wish I was going to invest the time to go down there and do it. But I just, at this moment, didn't do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I hope everybody enjoys this big show coming your way. Of course, once again, don't forget, we are going to preview NXT San Antonio. On Wrestling to the Max is episode 231, part 2. 
And so that is the show you want to go find to find out all our predictions and some of that stuff Paul wanted to talk about, but he's going to hold off and do it. You, you're going to have to go and check out that show. Uh, but until then, that is NXT for this week. We hope you've all enjoyed it. Make sure you go check out the W2Mnet.com. And, of course, go subscribe if you haven't already to W2M Network. Besides that, guys, we are out of here. Have a good one. Take it easy, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.